I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a podcast on everything from employment to aircraft carriers. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Number Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. I'm Yazad, an economist, and I'm Shambhavi, a cell biologist. Hello and welcome to All Things Policy. I'm your host Yazad Jal, and today we have Ananya Iyer and Anirudh Kanisetti, and we're going to discuss ethical consumerism. So, Ananya, tell us more. What is ethical consumerism? Hi, Yazad. So, ethical consumerism doesn't really have a concrete definition, but a lot of it is just supporting the firms whose ethical values you align with and not supporting others and i think uh, the digital age has brought in this kind of relevance of the stances of a lot of firms and the underlying values on a lot of current day issues and so it's kind of a two-sided process right i mean on the one hand you have people who are expecting higher ethical standards from the companies whose products they're consuming and you also have companies jumping onto social trends that they think might get them higher sales i mean i think the funniest example of this has to be that pepsi ad with kendall jenner <laughs> uh, where you have a bunch of generic protesters who are holding up banners like make peace not war and this came out like i think just while the ferguson riots were happening yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was just a, such a terrible terrible example of a company trying to get on board a social trend and there've been so many examples like this you have uh, Gillette i think and Nike have both done this uh, both of them have faced backlash from for, from consumers but i also think that i mean there's no such thing as bad advertising right um, so it's a, it's a really complex and multifaceted process and i think that uh, companies are going around it in a going about it in a variety of different ways so ananya can you tell us uh, can you give us a few more examples of that yeah so like you said there was Nike and um, Gillette but one thing i do want to point out here is uh, you're saying that it's kind of what you're saying is that it's a publicity stunt hmm. uh, for brands but i do think in a lot of these cases in the nike case in the gillette case it is really these companies standing to lose a huge chunk of their consumers hmm. and it may be just uh, you know them trying to get on board with a social trend and them trying to increase their popularity but uh, these are big name brands and gillette especially i don't think needed the publicity especially in the sphere of men's razors hmm. so i think it is really just them uh, displaying their political values and their underlying values of the organization um another great example of this would be this uk based uh, cosmetics company called ilamasca and um where after the election of trump in the presidential office they established this thing called the anti-fascist pledge where uh, they stated that they believed in human fundamentalist values and they made their consumers sign an anti-fascist pledge that uh, read we will never knowingly sell our products to people who support president trump's values to be part of our community and to buy our products you must first pledge to human fundamentalism values which i think for a brand is an extremely bold stance to take and this isn't the only uh, brand that's done this lush has taken several stances against the uk police and a lot of other issues that they think important uh Ben and Jerry's has taken stances against the Trump administration and in favor of a lot of 
clean energy usages in uh, business practices so there are a lot of brands uh, taking stances on these issues in a very bold manner and then i also think there are a lot of brands just jumping on the train so uh, after the decriminalization of section 377 you saw a lot of brands oh, like oh yeah, had rainbow colors caps <laughs> yeah. in its app like so what? that that would be an example of a brand just jumping on the social justice trend yes but uh, see this is not something that's completely new so this concept goes back to the triple bottom line concept mm-hmm. where you know originally companies would have just the bottom line in their in their profit and loss statement would just give you the profit the financial profit mm. the triple bottom line says that you don't have to just look at the financial profit you also look at the social mm-hmm. uh, part and you look at the environmental part so you know a lot of companies are now moving to this triple bottom line i personally feel that the role of a company is to give its shareholders value mm-hmm. and nothing else okay so there's there's a few things i want to unpack here okay so um, first going back to what ananya said about this company with the anti fascist pledge uh, they said if you want to be part of our community you have to take this pledge um and i'm wondering if this whole social justice wave as you put it is basically the fact that they know that there is a strong community of people who are opposed to trump yeah um and by deliberately positioning themselves uh, in alignment with those people they're hoping to corner a dedicated market of consumers who see cons- I mean basically buying their products as a way to express a political choice do you think that could be another aspect of what's happening definitely it could be that but uh, i also think it's a huge risk for a company to take hmm. yes yeah but you look at the risks that nike took with colin kaepernick okay uh, a lot of people burnt nike shoes after that but in the end nike's stock price went up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so it seemed like it had made the right decision because the sales of its of its products with colin kaepernick's name on it were greater than you know the supposedly loss in sales mm-hmm. uh that it would have suffered yeah. so this ties back to what you were saying right about a company having to create value for its shareholders um do you think it's the case that taking a bold political stance like this can often end up creating value for shareholders just through the amount of word of mouth chatter that it creates it's very possible so that's why you know when we talk about the triple bottom line what companies really want to do is they say that you know it's not just shareholder value but when companies are being evaluated very often you know whatever they say about social costs and environmental costs they will do the social and environmental projects if they find that it will add to shareholder value yeah, because now doing something that's good for the environment actually makes economic sense as well doing something make taking a social stance in today the world in the US and India is extremely polarized so you know taking this kind of social stand might help uh it's also risky as you just said personally i don't really believe that i should kind of i mean i am not into this consumerist ethic or ethical consumers uh, bandwagon i'll give you an example when i used to live in the us there's this brand called chickfilla and the owner of chickfilla dan kathy uh has supported in the past uh, no i mean anti lgbt causes he is a homophobe basically uh so i support pro lgbt causes i've even consulted for lgbt non profits when i was there 
but I would eat Chick-fil-A chicken. Why? Because I think Chick-fil-A chicken is great and I would eat it based on the fact that it has got, as a product, it's got good flavor, it's got a good price, blah, 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 blah. I don't care what the owners of the company do with their profits. They're free to do whatever they want to do with their profits. They have freedom of speech mm -hmm. and, you know, freedom of association and so on and so forth. So I don't look, I, I kind of separate these two things out. Yeah. But if, you know, a lot of people used to boycott Chick-fil-A because they thought, and even some cities, some city administrations went so far as to kind of try and boycott them because... Uh, you, you know, the owner supposedly in the past had su had supported non-LGBT causes yeah. or anti-LGBT causes. One thing to note here is that uh, we live in this digital age, right? So with the spread of information and the spread of political opinions and the polarization, like you said, of the world, if you're not taking a stand against uh, people and companies that don't uh, align with your values, then in some way, a lot of people view you as complicit. Hmm. with uh, all of these crimes and all of the injustices done to so many sections of society. So I think that uh, voting is, voting with your dollar, as they put it, isn't, um, I don't think it's a bad thing to do. I think um, we should do it more L often. Let and me jump into this complicit thingy. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, this harks back to when George W. Bush said, you're either with us or against us. Yeah. And at that point, a lot of people criticized him. Because, you know, you could be neutral. Yeah. So the same way, what you are saying is you can't be neutral. You're either with the social cause or against the social yeah, cause. Yeah, that's what it's become. That's so George W. Bush was right. That's very much Maybe. a function of yeah. the of the polarized digital world we live in. I mean, I, and I also think the, the freedom of speech argument goes both ways, right? I mean, uh, it, it's risky for Chick-fil-A to take an anti-LGBTQ stance. Mm -hmm. uh, just as it is risky for so, Gillette to take uh, a... L l let me make a, a very important difference. Hmm. Chick-fil-A did not take an anti-LGBT stance. It's, it's owner hmm. donated to some anti-LGBT causes. Yes, but you're supporting... Out of his profits you know, and another. Not, you know, just just because he had that connection. Hmm. Chick-fil-A as a company did not do anything of that sort. Hmm. Not the difference. Yeah, the brand hasn't put out a statement, but the brand actually put out a statement saying that they are they they welcome all kinds of people. Blah 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 <laughs> blah blah blah. Yeah, because of their sales. <laughs> yes, but um, yeah, it's um, in some way you are supporting the owner and you're supporting uh, the face of the company if you're supporting the brand. That's if, if going back to the idea of the triple bottom line. I mean, if if it applies to companies, it should maybe it also applies to consumers as well. Right? When you're when you're eating, when you're consuming a product, uh, you want to know that it's uh, adding to social value, to your personal value, and also maybe to the or maybe you want to believe it's adding to environmental value. And Chick Fil A, once you know that um, its profits might end up being used to fund something that you don't believe in, mm -hmm. might go against your perceived values and therefore it's I think it's a valid so, choice for yeah. people to not so want to eat it this this also comes back to the protesters uh, this is coming back to uh, you know vice kind of funds hmm. uh, so there are protesters at Harvard uh, who can uh, kind of protest that Harvard's endowment uh, has companies that you know work like in uh, energy hmm. that uh, are working in non-renewable energy so they say you should divest yourself of those I think it's bullshit mm -hmm. uh, and honestly you as a person are free to do that 
But just because you're a student of a college, you don't have the right to kind of dictate what the college should do because after all, the college endowment is going to benefit you. I'm sure you don't have the right. You, you. I mean, I don't think students can dictate it. You know, they yeah. wanted to. They're just protesting, man. I mean, that, that's okay. I think. Yeah, I, I just. I mean, I completely support their right to protest. Hmm. I just oppose the message that they are trying to bring out. Hmm. Uh-huh. So okay, so going back to this broader idea of uh, complicity, right? Um, one of the arguments that I've seen very often is that a lot of fashion brands. Um, mm-hmm employ workers in third world countries who work under very inhuman conditions sweatshops basically uh, but, but I think there's a little more complexity to this argument right Ananya? Yeah so um, there was a study done um, by two researchers in California that basically stated that tearing down companies that employ sweatshop labor may actually just leave these workers worse off because the wages they earn through, let's say, 10-hour shifts are actually far exceeding what they would earn through other sources of employment, and they're far safer. And a classic example of this is when um, a Bangladeshi factory was shut down and um, over 15,000 child workers were unemployed. A large number of these child workers then turned to prostitution because that was the next best alternative for their employment. So when we're um, saying vote with your dollar and when we're saying support the causes that uh, you you want to support, uh, I think the consumer should also be aware of what will happen if your dollar actually has an impact. Hmm. So so this is a beautiful point that you brought up. I really, really am happy you brought it up. So there are two things I want to say about it. One, uh, this is what is uh, Frederick Bastiat, the French economist 200 years back, talked about what is seen and what is not seen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, very often you see that your dollar is going to make those fashion companies change their supposed habits. Hmm. But what is not seen is the damage done to the Bangladeshi workers in the sweatshop. And so these unintended consequences can sometimes be predicted, sometimes not. Mm -hmm. So the best thing to perhaps do is not interfere. Coming back to complicity, um, when we're looking at uh, supporting and not supporting businesses according to what uh, the face of the business has Uh, said and the statements that they've made and their behavior, uh, the employees of this business may not be complicit in the actions and the values, right? So, um, again, I'm going to talk about makeup. But uh, there's a company called Kat Von D Beauty. And um, they were, quote-unquote, as the kids say, cancelled. Because Kat Von D, the the face of the brand, uh, came out and said that she was anti-vaccination and um, yeah, and um, a lot of her past behavior was dug up and um, that was anti-Semitic in nature. And so a lot of people stopped buying from Kat Von D. And the argument stands that every employee of Kat Von D Beauty is not anti-vax hmm. and they're going to vaccinate their children and they're losing a large part of their income and their living because you're not supporting the company or you've moved your business elsewhere. So, yeah, when we're looking at complicity, we also need to look at the employees of the business. 
and i mean the what you were saying as about the, the seen and unseen course yeah, yeah. of actions right it very often seems to me that these are people in first world countries who actually have purchasing power and are worried about social problems in the first world but don't bother to find out the deeper effects down the supply mm-hmm. chain uh, so the choices that they make there in those markets uh, really kind of uh tumble down to lower effects and very unpredictable levels correct yeah. uh at the same time i i don't know if i can fully agree with the idea that the current situation is necessarily optimal and that nothing should be done to change it uh, i'm not i'm not saying i have a solution but um do you think that people would make a more would make a better choice if they if they really understood the fact that their choice would have ramifications for people not just in the societies they're in but like across the world yeah definitely and i also think that instead of looking at it through the lens of uh, which brand can we not support maybe we should look at it from uh, the perspective of which businesses can i given my current means actively support so local businesses local grocers um if i can support them then i know that it's going to make their lives better and we need to educate ourselves as consumers so when we say that we're acting ethically we need to look at the actions it's going to have and if you want the the brand of an ethical consumer then you need to do the research hmm yeah that's true and i agree with you that it's better to kind of say that i would spend my dollar mm-hmm. or rupee yeah in a place that i find that meshes with my values rather than boycott some place yeah. hmm. so that way you know people can come together as a community which is perfectly okay yeah. i mean i'm all for voluntary associations of people coming together uh, what i and if somebody wants to boycott that's also fine what i just find uh, funny is you know thinking that just because you're going to boycott it is going to make some kind of effect yeah yeah that is true and i think it stems from borderline willful ignorance uh where you you're more interested in following a trending twitter mm-hmm. hashtag than actually doing yeah, your background yeah you just work. narrowing down your options as a consumer because you want to be seen as ethical and you want to be seen as uh, moral correct so uh, on that point thank you so much ananya thank you anirudh thank, thank you thank you We'd love to hear what you think about this chat. Check us out on our Twitter handle at Takshashila Inst or on our Quora space, All Things Policy. For the latest analysis and research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, visit our website at takshashila.org.in and tune in for our next episode.